0: I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Maybe you feel like you've had an especially long blogging journey, or maybe you feel like it hasn't been very long, like it's been a really short and sweet one. Either way, you should definitely tune in to this episode. Ray Aflatooni joins me. She is from Ray Public. She talks through her journey. It's been a long journey. She's had to pause and restart many times due to various events that have come up in her life. She gives us her best tips on how to get through hard times and to keep going because if you're passionate about this, like I know a lot of you are, most of you are, then you can make this work and you should keep going. I get emails all the time from people who say, should I throw in the towel? This is too much. It's so much work. What do I do? Should I stop? And I always say, no, if you love doing it, you've started it for a reason. If the passion is still there, then definitely keep doing it because you can make it work. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. And that is Ray's message too. So she talks through her tips. She found Rank IQ, and that got her a lot of traffic really fast. She talks about other tangible things that we can do to grow our businesses, and she also talks about how to take care of yourself, little tips for just making sure your mindset and your self-care is on the right track, and that is going to support everything that you do in your business. It is such a good episode. I hope you love it too. It is episode number 482, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hello there, food bloggers. Are you wanting to tap into additional revenue and improve your site experience for your users? If you're saying yes to all of this, then chicory might be a really great fit for you. Chicory is a leading monetization platform for food bloggers, enabling you to integrate highly relevant shoppable ads into your recipe content and earn revenue from top CPG brands. Chicory's hyper-contextual ads and shoppable technology will help you improve your site experience and engagement, allowing your readers to go from inspiration to checkout in just a few clicks. Enjoy easy installation and ongoing access to the Chicory team at zero cost to you. Chicory makes it easy to track your earnings, optimize your blog content using recipe insights, and connect with its team. Here is a testimonial from a happy Chicory user. Quote, cooking and baking is my passion. Chicory makes it simple and easy for me to share that passion with the where is my spoon audience, providing a seamless purchasing journey for my readers and an effective monetization model for my blog. End quote. That is from Adina Beck, from where is my spoon? Head over to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources, scroll down to the chicory logo and click that button that says learn more about chicory. Or you can go to chicory.co forward slash food bloggers to learn more and to sign up. Now back to the episode. Ray aflatuni, the voice behind Ray Public, has an MS in nutrition and functional medicine. She enjoys creating content with the aim to assist people who have experienced trauma to live a more holistic, well-balanced life through nutrition, plant-based eating, sustainable living, mindfulness, and movement. Hello, Ray. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yay. I know you're a longtime listener, so I always appreciate longtime listeners being guests. It's so exciting to go from listener to guest. So welcome. And we're going to talk about all of the amazing things you've learned on your blogging journey, it's been a long one. But before we get into your journey, why don't you share a fun fact with us?
1: Uh, <laughs> it's hard to think of a fun fact. The one that came to mind was that for several years, I worked as a high ropes course facilitator. So I would spend like most of my day like 20 to 50 plus feet up in the trees, which was super fun, but also <laughs> nerve-wracking sometimes. Where? What trees were you in? So it was at a like summer camp, seasonal camp outside of Portland, Oregon.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Never had that fun fact before. So you're (laughs) unique. Yes. That's so cool. Okay. So let's talk about your journey because I know you've had a long journey. Food bloggers like myself who have been doing it for over 10 years, I feel like our journeys are always really interesting because they're so different. Back then it was a totally different world, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us about your journey. I know it started about 10 years ago and then just, yeah, kind of give us the rundown.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I started about 10 years ago and I probably like cranked out a good amount of recipes in the first year, probably about a hundred and then probably 50 in the following like two years or so. But I I definitely had the mentality of I'm not going to be the blogger that tells my life story in like 2000 words and then puts the recipe at the end. Like I will never have a thousand word blog post, <laughs> <laughs> which at the time, you know, I had a number of recipes that these days are like super high competition that right now I can't rank for, but 10 years ago I was in the number one spot mm-hmm. with like no SEO or anything.
0: Oh, I have some of those too. It's so, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah. Going back to that time where it, where it took such little effort to get ranked.
1: Yeah. So I did that. And I mean, I was so in love with all of it in the process and learning photography, but I definitely was in the Instagram focus. So I posted to my blog, but I didn't really do anything. Like, as I said, no SEO. I didn't do anything with a newsletter to email blog posts or anything like that. I just focused a lot on Instagram, which has its pros and cons. Because I built up this Instagram following, which was great. And I made really great money at that for a while. But I ended up taking a break for various reasons. And my engagement went from like... I don't even know like 10,000 like likes and hundreds and hundreds of comments per post to now like 500 maybe. So I feel like <laughs> Instagram doesn't like when you take breaks. So I feel like if I knew what I then what I know now, I at least at a minimum would have like had a newsletter sign up on my blog and maybe not like put as much focus on Instagram instead of like 90% on Instagram, maybe at a max like 70. So I wasn't like all focused on one area. So yeah, I, I did that for a few years and it went really well. And then I, you know, life happens and I ended up actually taking my first break to just focus on my mental health. I was at a point where I like could not do both. And so I went I went to a lot of therapy for some childhood trauma and that was just, you know, life-changing and impactful and I'm so grateful that I was able to take that time. But yeah, that was like my first break and then through that I decided to go to grad school for nutrition and functional medicine. So functional medicine, I don't know if you're
0: familiar with it. Not really. Yeah, explain what that is.
1: Yeah, so functional medicine is the practice of looking at, evaluating and embracing like an individual's diet, nutrition, their lifestyle and environmental factors and impact. So it's like a very holistic approach to health and wellness with with my main focus being on nutrition. but yeah, I knew I wanted to keep blogging, but I knew I wanted to come at it from like an experience perspective from my life but also from like a scientific perspective. So I got my master's in nutrition and functional medicine which took a little bit longer than (laughs) expected. (laughs) And the pandemic happened and I got pregnant with our kiddo. So yeah, that delayed. And that was like a big break from essentially Instagram. You know, I feel like you could not post your blog for like six months or a year and like the negative impact wouldn't be so great.
0: But yeah, Instagram is a different story.
1: Yeah. But social media is completely different. You know, even Pinterest, I had gotten up to like 8,000 followers or, or is it called followers on Pinterest? I think so. Yeah. And I could just, I took such a long break and I got back at it and I could not get my engagement or views like past 30,000 a month. And so after a while, I was like, I know I'm doing, like, I don't know if I'm doing it perfectly, like how you are supposed to do Pinterest. But after like a couple months, I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm just going to start over. I made that a personal account and I created a new Ray Public account. And it's been like a month and a half. I just hit 30 followers. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Congratulations. But my, my engagement is at like 60,000. Well, that's good. So, you know, it's yeah. like, well, people, you know, twice as many people are actually seeing it. Right. <laughs> so that's what really matters. Right. It's yeah. humbling
0: starting over, isn't it?
1: You no, know, it is. But it, it kind of just feels good, too, because I feel like the focus is so different. So, yeah, it, it's definitely nice, too,
0: because it's like, oh, like no pressure. <laughs> right. Totally understand that. Yeah. So then how did your focus change once you were like, OK, this, I'm back at it?
1: Yeah. So I finished grad school and then I had my daughter. We had her like towards the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> at the same time, we ended up building a house, which was <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. But during that time, I started listening to your podcast and a couple other podcasts. And yeah, I wrote, I think I was, I wrote an email to the Food Blogger Pro podcast because I hadn't heard of yours yet. Yeah. And I was like, this is what's going on. Like my traffic is nothing. I feel like I've been doing it for so long, but I also, you know, took breaks from focusing on it. Like, I feel like I should just throw in the towel. And they had a really, a really nice response. And I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna give it like a solid year of like consistent effort and go at it. So I just started with listening to the podcast, like your podcast. And then also through you and your podcast, I heard of Rank IQ. And I was like, what is this magic? (laughs) So I dove into that and I went from like a thousand page views per month to 10,000 in like a month and a half.
0: That's so awesome.
1: And then I went to over 20,000 per month. And this most of this was occurring with like five to 20 hours per week. Now so awesome. I'm spending probably like twenty to thirty, depending upon the week. Cause I still have my daughter a lot of the time. Yeah. She's only in preschool nine hours
0: a week. Oh gosh. Yes, you have to take advantage of those hours, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: But she still naps, thankfully. So oh, love the naps. <laughs> I will ride the nap wave for as
0: long as possible. Yep, do it.
1: Yeah. So around twelve thousand I think around twelve thousand sessions. Actually, I had heard of Monumetric, the ad network. Yeah, and I think they have a ten thousand minimum. So okay. at ten below, I think it's below eighty thousand sessions a month. You have to pay like a hundred dollars to join. But I uh-huh. kind of, I kind of did the math and was like, well, I'll make it back the first month. So, like, I might as well do it. So at 12,000 sessions, I did that. And then, yeah, I just kept, like, focusing on Rank IQ and updating old recipes. And I actually just focused on updating old recipes based on season. So I tried to be, like, one to two months ahead. So, like, in August, I was already updating, like, fall recipes and oftentimes I'll update the like written copy like weeks before I get to re-photographing it Mm. I feel like updating the copy is takes such little time (laughs) comparatively to like photographing if I film it and then editing everything so you know, sometimes at least if the copy is updated, it'll go up in rank quite a bit. And then I yeah. can up the photos. So yeah, I've just been going through that. I started one thing that has ha- helped me since I am pretty much a full-time stay-at-home mom as well, is I started like playing around with finding people to outsource certain tasks to on Fiverr. Which I've had really good luck with. I think there was like one person I worked with that afterwards I was like, I'm not going to do that again.
0: (laughs) We all have those. (laughs) Yeah. But
1: everyone, you know, everyone else has just been a dream to work with. That's so great. Yeah. Especially, you know, we all have tasks that are like, "Eh, I would love to not do that
0: one. Yeah. Like in any given moment, we can all write down probably three of those, right?
1: Yeah. If not more.
0: (laughs) If not more. Okay. So I have a few questions because I know a lot of my listeners are in the same boat that you were in where it's like, because I I know because I get these emails, the one you sent to Mm. Food Blogger Pro, I get those. And a lot of people are there right now. They're like, I've done all the things. I don't know what to do. My wheels are spinning. Do I stop? Do I keep going? And I have kind of a canned answer that I give, which sounds similar to what they gave to you. Like, yes, you can do this. You, mm-hmm. you've got this, like dig into the archives, listen to everything you can. You know, it is possible still yeah. today. I love that Rank IQ pulled you out. So I was just wondering if you would talk through, like, what was your strategy with that? Did you, I know you said you updated your old content. Mm-hmm. Did you try to find keywords inside of Rank IQ that matched your old content and did you do that? Did you write new content? I'm just curious what your strategy was. Yeah. So I feel like with
1: some, I just couldn't find one that was close enough to what I wanted to go for yeah. with the recipe. So I just took, like, I use Uber Suggest, or I did use Uber Suggest yeah. a lot. I don't use it as much anymore. It's changed, it's different. Yeah. But I was using that to essentially, you know, if it was like black bean soup, I would do easy black bean soup recipe, best black bean soup recipe, healthy black bean soup recipe to see which like long tail keyword combination had like the highest amount of searches with the lowest amount of competition. Sure. So I did that a lot. And I think it's worked pretty good. I think there's, you know, in the beginning, (laughs) I, I went like I made recipes and like that no one ever searches for. Mm. So same. yes. Yeah. (laughs) But a couple of them are so good. Yeah. I've been contemplating like, do I leave it? Or do I pull it and then put it in like an exclusive ebook? Yeah, so that's something I'm contemplating, but yeah, I definitely use the Rank IQ li-
0: keyword library. Yes, it's so helpful, isn't it? Yeah, you know,
1: it's helpful because it brings up things that I would would not have thought about. Exactly. Yep. And it also brings up, you know, if you have like a vegan chocolate chip cookie recipe that's doing really well, you could search you know, vegan cookies or Mm -hmm. chocolate chips. And maybe there's an interesting like food question or topic that you could write on. That's not a recipe, but it would like be a good supporting article to that recipe. Yeah. So yeah, I've used it in all those ways.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think you touched on the, probably the most unexpected part of it for most people is that you find things that you never would have Mm -hmm. thought about you're like oh why didn't I think of that of course and then if it's low competition enough you rank so quickly and then you kind of ride that you wave like you get the momentum started and you're like oh this is so fun (laughs) and then you can interlink and give juice to your other content that relates and all of that so love that you did that I was going to ask you about Monumetric. So I know I've heard of that. Mm. Are you still on Monumetric? And yeah, what are your thoughts on it, I guess?
1: So I think if you're at the 10,000 sessions and you're like really wanting to get into an ad network, for me, I think I applied and then I jumped to like 20,000 sessions so quickly that I don't have a good idea of what that would have paid. But... (laughs) The RPM averages like 5 to $6. Oh, yeah. But I remember when I first started back in the day, I put Google ads on my blog. And yes. that was just a waste.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed.
1: <laughs> like, it just didn't look good. And it was like, I think the first month I made like three cents. <laughs> and I was like, nope, yeah. nope.
0: <laughs> and they're just like, Icky kind of ads and pictures, right? Yeah. Like weird skin conditions. Or- <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Not great. So, yeah. So, the second part of your question, actually, I actually applied to Mediavine <gasps> like two weeks ago. Oh, yay. Because my traffic has just gone crazy and I was rejected.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Were you not quite there?
1: So, yeah. My. My web stories are separated, Mm -hmm. but there was, like, a piece of code on my website that for some reason my, like, Ray Public GA4 was picking up as well, like, and it wasn't, like, fully separating itself. Okay. So, yeah, they wrote back and they're like, unfortunately, you're only at 45,000 sessions. And I was like, dang it. Oh, so close. (laughs) Well, it'll happen soon. It looked correct. But then I was looking at everything and I was like, you know, I actually have enough page views for Raptive. Oh my gosh. So I applied to Raptive Last Tuesday, and I got
0: accepted on Thursday. Oh my gosh, congratulations! Okay, I did not think that that was gonna end that way. Yeah. That's so I'm awesome. I was like,
1: so I'm so excited. Aww. But you know, I, I have seen in like a couple different food, maybe Rank IQ, but I'm in another food blogging Facebook yeah. group, and I've seen people post like a screenshot of their Media Vine acceptance yeah. and it, it's like a graphic with like confetti flying yeah. and stuff and with Raptive it was just like it was kind of like a support email response like we've evaluated everything and you're approved. Yes. And then it was like here are the onboarding steps but it, I I read it and I was like but wait am I am I in? Is it actually <laughs> like, happening? Because <laughs> it wasn't like you made it or anything. Right. So I, I finally, I did like half the onboarding stuff. And then I sent an email and I was like, am I like legit? Like in, and they're like, <laughs> are oh, you sure? Yeah, we sent that email on Thursday. And I was like, okay.
0: Oh, that's so great. What a, It's a huge milestone in your journey. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm
1: super excited.
0: That's awesome. E-Blog Talk is thrilled to unveil the eBlog Talk Accountability Group, an exclusive community made for food bloggers who crave accountability, focus, and connection. We understand that not everyone is ready to dive into the Mini Minds Group or the Masterminds Program. That is why we've crafted this special offering for bloggers like you who want that extra push toward their aspirations but aren't yet able to make the financial or time commitment. Here's what the eBlog Talk Accountability Group has in store for you for this low introductory price of $34 a month. This ongoing membership has its own private Slack channel. You will gain access to a dedicated channel facilitated by... The community manager e-blog Talk Taryn Soli for questions, insights, and collaboration. You will get weekly accountability check-ins so you can stay focused and motivated with those weekly check-ins in Slack to track and achieve your goals competently. You will have access to productivity-focused sessions. Join these optional live Zoom sessions twice a week to boost your productivity by working alongside your peers and tapping into that collective energy. And you will get monthly group Zoom calls, replacing the former Clubhouse chats. Join these calls to connect, discuss current topics, share experiences, and celebrate achievements. Those calls will be hosted by me, Megan Porta, and I can't wait to see some of you there. If this sounds intriguing, head over to eatblogtalk.com forward slash focus to sign up today. Eatblogtalk.com forward slash focus. Okay, so you got into Raptive very, very recently. Yeah. And then you also mentioned Fiverr. I think a lot of food bloggers, including myself, we tend to shy away from Fiverr because if we have one bad experience, it's hard Mm. to go back. But you said you had a lot of great experiences. So how do you look for people? Like, what's your strategy there?
1: Yeah, so essentially what I do, like one thing that I like to evaluate is... Like I have a worksheet for this that I had on my website, but I'm creating a new website specifically for like blogging and social media resources. Yeah. So it's like itemize, prioritize, and evaluate. So something I like to ask is like, what brings me, like which tasks bring me the most joy and which ones bring me the least joy? And then I have like a process for ranking the ones that bring the least joy. So. For example, if the thing that eh, you're like, meh, I don't really like doing it and it takes forever is food photography, then I would go into Fiverr and search food photographer. And then there's an option to like categorize or filter the results. So one thing that I try to do is there's different levels. So there's essentially beginner sellers, and then there's level one, and then level two, and then pro. I usually find the pro is just too expensive for someone that hasn't really been making Mm -hmm. much money. Yeah. So I, I tend to stay with the level one or level two. But you can find really, really talented food photographers. For example, there's one that I'm looking at who has So that's another one is to see how many reviews they have and if it's like a five-star review or a 4.9 or a 4.8 kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, there's one that I'm looking at now and it's $50 for one recipe, which includes 25 photos, including step-by-step photos and the editing. Wow. So, like, I mean, you can't really beat that. Put my name on that, please. Yeah, especially <laughs> like, especially if you're a parent or you work, yeah. like have a job aside from your blog. You know, that's something that, you know, even though I haven't made hardly any money in recent years because I changed my focus from social media to my blog and getting to the ad network kind of thing, you know, I could spend a few... I could do a few of those every month yeah. or so. So yeah, I just think it's that's really great. And then another one that I've used a lot is for writers. So I usually create the outline for the blog, the recipe blog post, and then I have the recipe in it. And then oftentimes I'll just have someone from Fiverr that I've worked with she's probably done like, I don't know, 60 recipe blog posts for me. And then she'll just write it. And that, that kind of depends on, you know, their experience and what they decide to charge. But it averages in my experience, like $20 to $50 per thousand words, or it could be more expensive if they're like the pro level then it's probably like $100 plus per
0: thousand. Okay, so there's so many tasks that we could probably look up in Fiverr. (laughs) So I think this, I might actually do this because I have one in mind that, like you said earlier, it's like I I spend way too much doing it because I don't love it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I haven't let it go. And I don't have anyone in mind that can really do it for me. So is it, I haven't been on there for a long time, but is it like a you can do one project at a time or do you have to commit to a certain time or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so usually for like I think they're called gigs, like this food photographer, there's like three different levels. So it's basic, standard, or premium. Some some people will name them different things. But so like the basic is one recipe for $50 and they will deliver in 5 days. Okay. And then the standard is three recipes for 140. So you're getting a little bit of a discount. And that's delivered in seven days. And then the premium is five recipes for 220. So you're getting an even bigger discount. Okay, and that gotcha. is delivered in 14 days. Each person kind of like picks, but I have always just messaged the person because Fiverr has like a chat. And if I need something like super quick or the time frame that they say is not exactly what I'm looking for, then if it's like what I'm proposing is fine with them, then they'll just send like a custom offer for
0: you to purchase through, okay. so it's not like nothing set. you have options. That you can yeah, go definitely okay, that's awesome. I love that is an option because that is a hang up too. We like, well, if I don't know anyone or I don't know anyone who knows anyone, then where do I go to get help? And that's good to know that you've had so many good experiences there. What do you do when you have a bad experience? Do you, yeah, like, I don't know if you are comfortable <laughs> talking
1: about your bad experience, but. I've only let it happen, like, it's only happened once. And I think it was that they said they were, I can't remember if they said they were fluent in English or a native English speaker. And it was for writing. Oh, <laughs> And they're like, sample, you can ask for sample articles or if it's photography, like, more samples of their photography. The samples that they sent seemed totally fine. But when I got, like, what I, like, the recipe blog post I had her do, it was, like, pretty clear that her English was not where um, I needed it to be. Bummer. You know, in many cases, like, you know, if it's $30 or something, like, I just pay it and don't order from them again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If it was like something that was really, really expensive, then I would, you know, might have more of an interaction and
0: conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. $30, you can write off pretty easily. Yeah. So you've been through a lot. This has been quite a journey, Ray. I mean, starting and then having to take many breaks due to Various things, and then just digging back in and getting accepted into Raptive and discovering Rank IQ and all of that. I imagine that self care and mm. mindset had to be part of your journey. Am I right? Yeah. Otherwise, you would not be here talking today. Definitely. So, tell us about that. What did you do to just make sure your wellness was good?
1: Yeah. So, One of the reasons why I really loved my grad program in nutrition was that it just didn't look at like the food and your diet. It looked at your lifestyle and environmental factors as well. So yeah, I mean, I do a good amount of meditation and there's some really cool information out about gratitude and mindfulness. So I just put up a blog post recently 21 Ways to Develop an Attitude of Gratitude. Oh, love it. So yeah, there was a randomized control trial that I was reading about that included like almost 300 participants and they divided them into groups. And one of the groups wrote letters of gratitude towards others. So they essentially just like wrote down how they're grateful for other specific Mm -hmm. people in their lives. And it, they showed that not only did that positively impact their mental health, like in that moment, but it actually positively impacted their mental health for months to come. So, you know, it, there's things like that, that are just so simple that, you know, usually we're like, eh, that can't make, a, yeah. that can't make a big difference. Like, you know, so there's just, you know, little gems like that, that I try to weave into my blog, because I think it, can be so incredibly helpful to people. So like, for example, one of the ways to develop an attitude of gratitude would be to journal five things that you're grateful for in the morning. So I find a lot of people like doing this at night because then you reflect on your day. But I really like doing it in the morning because I feel like it sets your intentions for the day and then like puts a
0: positive
1: impact on your day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I can't I don't do it at night either. I feel like if you struggle with incorporating gratitude into your life, do it like even before you get out of bed. Just say something that you're grateful Mm, for. Yeah. You're like setting the tone for your day.
1: Yeah. So then I think one big mindset shift that I have had over many years is being very intentional with how I say certain things. You know, a lot of times we as mere humans (laughs) say. Uh, I have to do this. I have to go do that. I have to. I have to make dinner. But the simple mindset shift and words, instead of saying "I have to," changing to "I get to," like completely changes the
0: impact and perspective of that task. You are speaking to the choir. I love this one. <laughs> I catch myself sometimes, like, "Oh, I just said I have to," and then I try yeah. to reframe it like things like working out where we don't necessarily <laughs> want to work out but then when you start yeah. thinking about it you're like wow how many people on earth right now are unable to work out and wish they could mm. they don't have legs or they don't have mm-hmm. you know and so then I'm like oh gosh I'm I'm so grateful I get to work out so that yeah, yeah that is one shift that we can all make that is so powerful definitely yeah i love this i love that you are focusing on taking care of yourself in little bits too. That's the Mm -hmm. great thing about mindset and self-care is that you can do it so incrementally, like literally two minutes a day and then build up to five to 10, whatever. But you can just start so small with it and it makes such an impact. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else about mindset or self-care you want to mention? Yeah. I think something that I... (laughs) I never like
1: intentionally looked at, but in recent months have been looking at mindfulness with blogging. So one thing, one thing that I have been doing is trying to function out of a mode of learning. So there's not really success or failure. It's just success or learning or learning and learning because you can learn from your success too. So that is definitely, you know, like, it takes away so much negativity, in my opinion. Another thing that I have been doing is being, like, really intentional with what times I do specific tasks. I can definitely, you know, check my email 20 times a day, no problem, because I want to see, like, did this brand respond? Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Did I hear hear
1: from Raptive about the next step? (laughs) But, you know, setting aside a certain amount of time in the morning and maybe a second set of time like in the afternoon to look at your email is way less distracting than just checking it whenever. This is hard. This is a real
0: challenge.
1: But you know, it can distract from oh, the flow of so the true. other work so much.
0: Yeah. So
1: for me, what I have been trying to do is like I like to batch work, but I think I do it a little bit differently than what I've heard like some people talk about. So I like to batch based on ingredient or like type of food. So for example, like, I'll make a lasagna soup recipe, a veggie lasagna recipe, and a personal-sized lasagna. Ooh. And so it's, like, this almost, like, very similar recipes in a sense. Yeah. But that means, like, when you're – they all have zucchini in them. So instead of chopping, like, three zucchinis at three different times, you're just chopping them all at once.
0: Yeah, that's smart.
1: And then when it comes to – I think it makes the blog post actually even faster – because you're literally just, you're writing about almost the same ingredients three times. Right. So that, I, I love doing that. That's, like, been something that's been very, like, intentional. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. And then another thing that I started doing recently was to set mindful reminders, <laughs> because yeah, I just pop into my email and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? But yeah. So like every 20 to 30 minutes, if I have like, usually I'll have, you know, I'll get like 10 minutes or 20 minutes here and there throughout the day, but sometimes in the morning and then during Hazel's nap and in the evening, I'll have like a two hour chunk. And so I'll just set a reminder every 20 to 30 minutes either on my laptop or it'll just be like a vibrate of my phone. So it's not like loud and jolting or anything, but it's just like, okay, am I on the task that I like have been meant to be doing?
0: (laughs) So yeah. If you have an Apple watch, I love this feature. You can have the, there's like a mindfulness app that comes with it and you can set it to whatever you want. I think it comes with, like, two a day or something mm. just by default, but you can set it to, like, an hour, like, every hour. And I mm-hmm. use that too because you get so into your stuff that you you forget. Like, hours have passed and you haven't done anything for yourself. So just a little nudge, like, hey, sit and breathe or go outside, step away from your desk, use the restroom, you know, like just being mm-hmm. nudged a little bit can go such a long way.
1: Yeah, I think also sometimes, like – when I do batch work, like I'll do the recipe creation, like if we're talking about these lasagna recipes, yeah, and then I'll do the blog posts, and then I'll photograph film, and then I'll edit. and then I'll like put everything in WordPress and get everything ready. And then I'll create the pins. And I'll schedule the pins out, but then I'm in I'm in like tailwind and scheduling, and then like if I'm not careful, then I have I've scheduled like five other things <laughs> when really I need to be finishing something else. So yeah, that can be really helpful to just have a little
0: reminder. Ah, oh, the email thing that you touched on is something that I never fully get. Like I'll get there. I feel like a junkie. Like, it is so hard for me to, you know, like, not go in there, dip in 20 times a day. But when I'm intentional, like, okay, dude, you've got to get your head on straight. You can't do this. Then I, you know, I set boundaries for myself and then I do it. And then it's like a slippery slope and I get back. It's constant for me. It's like doing well, sliding down the slope, realization that I need help. Doing well, you know, it's like over and over and over. It's just... I don't know. It's crazy, but I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear that I'm not the only one that feels the need to do that.
1: I mean, I've already checked my email four times this morning, so <laughs> you know, like it's a learning process.
0: It is. Yeah, it totally is. This is also good. Okay, is there anything else you want to mention about your journey? Any nuggets of wisdom that you have for people who are feeling stuck or feeling like their journey has been going on forever and they just need a little burst of encouragement?
1: Sure. Yeah, I would say Rank IQ <laughs> and the Rank IQ Facebook group. And then also there's a couple other Facebook groups. I think it's Food Bloggers Central. Mm-hmm. There's just like so much inspiration, but also like so much help can be found in those places. I'd also say if you're feeling stuck, joining like a Facebook roundup group or two could be helpful because people are posting like multiple times a day who are writing roundups and they want to include other people's recipes. You know, being stuck, if you submit your recipes like five to 10 times a day, you're bound to get included in some of those and then get backlinks and more traffic that way. So I definitely like the rank i q and food blogger Facebook group because it has given me more ideas for like ways to build domain authority and get backlinks and you know i mean I definitely would i I don't know where Ray public would be right now if I hadn't started listening to your podcast, Aww. for example, because that's where I heard about rank i q and so many other. Like Dahlia, who mentioned the golden ratio, which I just started diving into with recipes that I'm, I need to update and then recipes that I've been planning to do. And like, it just made it where I crossed a number of them off my list. And I'm like, eh, no, not gonna, not gonna use my time right now to work on those maybe in the future. But I think there's really great resources. Yeah.
0: There are so many free resources too. And a disclaimer on that, like it can be like email where it's a slippery slope and suddenly you're reading (laughs) about someone's drama and you're like, wait a second, what just happened? So like timers are really good for that. Just set a Mm -hmm. timer. Like I'm going to spend 10 minutes in here today. Don't click over every time you have a break. (laughs) Right. to be careful with that because, yeah, I know a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, I spent hours and it's just not always necessary, but so much good value too. So
1: yeah, I think I think too. Just starting, like starting off listening to these podcasts yes. because hearing other people's stories, whether it was like a ten-year journey to get into, you know, MediaVine or Raptive, or if it was a one-year journey, which I've heard sometimes, and I'm like, how are you the chosen yes. one? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> what? But. Everyone who has done it has some
0: nuggets of wisdom that you can pick up on and incorporate into what you're doing. Yep, so true. And we cut through the drama here. So there's no, you know, you don't have to deal with the sometimes drama that you see in some of the groups. So that's a plus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, well, I'm so happy that you're such a long time listener. Thank you, and I'm glad that it's brought you good ideas and all of that. Yeah. And just thank you for joining us to share your story and your value. We really appreciate you and all that you shared today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was such a fun conversation. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with?
1: Oh no, do I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes. I'm a Baha'i. I'm part of the Baha'i faith, and one of like a piece of writing says, Where there is love, nothing is too much trouble, and there is always time. So I really love that quote and try
0: to think of, you know, how can we infuse things with love? I love that. And that actually is self care too. Yes, definitely. Love it. Such a great conversation, Ray. Thank you so much. We will put together a show notes page for you. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash Ray Public, and that's R A E Public tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So my blog is raypublic.com and then on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter slash X. I'm not, (laughs) I don't really do much on there. It's all at raypublic or in addition on Instagram, I also have raypublic eats. And then I do have a new website with blogger and Instagram
0: resources called influence ignited. Oh, awesome. Everyone go check that out. Thanks, Ray, again, so much for being here. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.